Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. And uh, I'm glad to be here. So the name of this uh, the name of this message or this sermon that's what you call it in church is Believe You Belong. Any believers in the room? Any believers? Yes, <laughs> believers. Justin Bieber, believers, come on. All right, then, Sugarfoot, come on. I like that. I am so happy to be here about this. Okay, so check it out. You guys know my name. You guys know what I'm about. I want to say something about this, this moment. Believe you belong. Jesus loved you on purpose. That's the subtitle. That's the subcategory. Um, I, I think there's this expectation sometimes when you come to church that you are fitting in, into some sort of fold, that you step into the building and all of a sudden, like a snap of a finger, you believe everything that everyone in this room believes on the same level, on the same basis. We don't expect that here. I just want to give you the freedom that wherever you are, however you feel, whatever your thoughts are in relationship to, to God, to the Bible, to church, you have permission in this moment to feel that way. Okay. Is that, is, that, is that freedom for somebody? I hope somebody feels free in this moment because there's an expectation sometimes when you walk in and you're just like, man, like, I don't dress like that dude. Is he wearing a dress? Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want, I don't want you to have to feel like that when you come in. Is that okay? Awesome. Sweet. So we're going to dive right in. I have two goals this morning. Go ahead and change that slide for me. I have two goals this morning. I want you to, um, to know a couple things. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Come on. If you have a pulse, if you're breathing, if you have something going on in your system, you have a purpose. That's one of the things I want to highlight. So streetlights, I want to zoom back out, go back to 30,000 feet. We're going to fly high. 30,000 feet. Streetlights is about this. We hope, our expectation, our dream, that when you come here, you would develop an appreciation for, for the Bible. And I just want to read this to you. This is straight from my heart. I know you guys are like, if he reads one more thing after I just watched that seven-minute video on Ephesians 2... I'll be quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might even paraphrase. A way to describe Christianity may be Christology. And anything that has ology usually means the study of. So the study of Christ Jesus. Jesus, a person, lived in our world, and he had a lineage. He had an immediate family, a community of friends, a following, because he's an actual human be- being with feelings. Amen? Jesus is a human being with feelings, emotions, concerns, and desires, and he enjoys the aspects of a relationship like most human beings do, right? And so... Such as a conversation or a quality time, those are the things that human beings enjoy. And the point of Christianity is really to say that God and Jesus can be known. There's a lie that, that, that God is this foreign object that exists in the ethereal world that's not real. He's unknown. He's unknowable. And I just want to crush that lie today. We can know God. This is exciting and it's beautiful. There's actually no end to understanding or discovering Jesus. However, that this what the knowing God aspect is so frustrating. Is that frustrating for anyone? You're like, okay, yeah, cool. I can know God. You're like, I can know this, this being who quote unquote created me, who quote unquote put me on this earth for a quote unquote purpose. That can be frustrating because there's no tangibles. It's almost like, what do I grab onto? I can know God. What do you mean? It's like we find glimpses of Jesus in our everyday lives, in our friends, our coworkers, community, you know, grocery store, in nature. We notice him, but it doesn't feel like enough. Sometimes it feels open-ended or loose or unfocused and blurry. And Jesus chose to simplify 
Come on, the word simplify our search for him. I didn't, I didn't say he, he, he came on a silver platter and he said, hey, here's every single thing you need to know about me right now. It's not like you got a, you know, like a, a USB drive and you just plugged it into and now you just know everything about Jesus. But he simplified our search. It's true that there's much to be discovered and understood about God outside of pages and ink. However, the clearest, most sincere, and consolidated testimony of Jesus to ever be recorded is found in the Bible. 66 books of goodness is knowledge of God written and put together at the expense of countless lives over the course of centuries. There is no book that has withstood more scrutiny. No book has saved more lives. No book has reached more people. No book encapsulates the heart of Jesus like the Bible. It's the best, and it's the only option available. It's the best option, and it's the only option available. So that's why we choose it. <laughs> it makes the most sense, right? So it's, it's the clearest picture we can have into the heart of God, into what Jesus is like. It's, it's God can be known, and one of the easiest avenues, right, there's streetlights, one of the easiest avenues is the Bible, all right? So Jesus himself prescribes this book. He, 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 he recommends that book to you. It says, check this out, if there were a better tool, a better method, or a more viable avenue, Jesus would have told us. He, he goes so far as to say that he is the word spoken, he is the word written, and that he is the word in person. That's a relief. That's got to be a relief for somebody. The most trustworthy human being on the face of the earth ever to live says, I have an option for you. He's, he's the most trustworthy ever. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he's the Lord. And if he's the Lord, then he's trustworthy. We trust him. If he's God, then he's worth trusting. Check this out. This is a big deal because he gave himself as a seal of approval to say that the truth which sets us free is found in him alone. And in order to find him, we get to use his word. It's like Jesus is saying, I give you my word that my word is my word. Right? He's like, I give you my word. My word's my word. That's Jesus for you. Check this out. Last little segment. The Bible is the authority for what Christians believe. It's full of wonder. It's a saga. It's like a movie playing out from beginning to end. It uses genre, chronology, various authors, tenses and hyperboles, history and dreams to illustrate the most relevant drama in human history. It's complex and it's simple. It's a narrative about millions of people, if not billions of people, but it's a book all about one person. While it seems to center in on a single country or region, everybody, anybody ever heard of a place called Israel? While it seems to center in on that, it concerns the entire globe. The Bible can be used as a tool for study, for meditation and conversation. Here's my case for the Bible. If Jesus is who he says he is, should we listen to him? How do we fear him? How do we hear him? What is he saying? What does the word mean for us today? The life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus has real significance and meaning for our lives. We hope today that something happens in your heart in relationship to the Bible. That that it doesn't become this old dusty book that you just, you, you know, you're, you're on your way to church for Sunday, so you blow it off and throw it in your passenger seat and whip on over here. I hope that it becomes a tool that amplifies or that increases your hunger to know Jesus. Amen? So here's my next point. That was point one. That's part one. We're going to dive right in. I'm going to blow through some of this because I really want, I want to get to my, the end. It's, it's, it's my favorite part. So go ahead and switch that slide for me. Yes. Check this out. I want to go back to what I said in the beginning. If you feel a pulse, you have a purpose. Everyone, just, let's just do that for a second. Because is anybody alive in here? Just, just take, 
check your pulse real quick. Check it. Just be sure. Just be 100% sure. Wait, how are y'all clapping if you got a finger up on your neck? How do you do that? I'm just playing. But literally, you are alive. And if you have a heartbeat, if there's blood pulsing through your veins, then you still have a purpose. Some of you guys have thrown in the towel. Some of us in this room have already thrown in the towel. We're tired. Nine to five. Family. Problems. Left and right. I just want to tell you this morning, hopefully free you in some way and say, you have a purpose. There's still a reason to live. There's still a reason to go on. Check this out. Ephesians 2 is mind-blowing. Ephesians 1, last week we talked about, it's, just, it's this word called blessing, right? It's in like verses like 1 through 13. Paul, the apostle, he's the writer of the book of Ephesians. He's telling these people, you, are, you have been so blessed because of Jesus, in Jesus For the simple reason that he likes you, you're blessed. And he goes on to describe what that blessing means. And Ephesians 2 just nosedives. It starts out with, and you were dead. That's literally the first, and you were dead. The first four words are, and you were dead. It's a little bit of a Debbie Downer. It's like, you're awesome, and you were dead. Now I know, thanks, right? It's like, what is he trying to communicate? Check this out. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a whole lot of words. Amen? Anybody ever read the Bible and been like, What? I give you freedom this morning to just be like, slow down. Just chill for a second. You have freedom to say that. That the Bible is full of language and, and there's, there's punctuation. And if you don't pause, you might miss something. I want to highlight this one point. Probably like two or three points, actually. You are dead, number one. That's the first one. I'm going I'm to hit that in a second. And then verse four, but God, being rich in mercy, okay? And then the last one, and raise us up and seated with him. Okay, so you are dead. Let's talk about being dead for a second. Um, has anyone ever been dead before? There's sometimes, sometimes you, you, you die and then, you know, someone, you, get, you, know, you know, whatever that is. What is that called? Does anyone know what that's? Defibrillator. He, he was an EMT. Uh, um, so you, you, somebody, maybe that's happened. I don't know a lot of people with that story, but if you've ever been so crippled in your life that you couldn't live, that feels like being dead. So broken by experiences and situations in your life that you literally, you didn't want to wake up. You didn't want to roll out of bed. You could, you, when you got to work, you, you just sat and stared at a computer. Has anyone ever had that? I, I just want to give you guys the freedom just to be real for a second. I have experienced what it feels like to be dead and feeling without hope and feeling lost and feeling afraid. Paul goes so far as to say that that if you don't know Jesus, that is your constant state, whether you believe it or not, that you're in a constant state of hopelessness. That apart from, from the work of Jesus being manifested or being real in your life, then you are without hope. What is hope? I don't, 
I don't even know how to tell someone in that state that there's hope. It's hard. What can someone say to you when you're in that moment? What can someone possibly say to you that would change your mind about where you're at? It's so tough. You ever, you ever been in a situation when someone was so broken and like, or, you're, or even, even you and someone tries to encourage you and they're like just saying all the wrong stuff? <laughs> like you stub your toe and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. That doesn't change the fact that I just stubbed my toe. And sometimes it feels like that even in church. Amen. You, you traumatic experiences and then you come to church and someone's like, it's okay. It's okay. What's okay? I'm hurting. Paul says that is the constant state of us apart from Jesus. Verse four, but God, he was rich in mercy. He has so much mercy on us. He doesn't pass us by in those moments. I want to crush that lie this morning that he forgot about you, that he's not for you, that when you were in the most pain of your life that you were alone, I want us to take a second and look back and find Jesus in our darkest moments. Maybe that's today. Find Jesus in your darkest moment. Where is he? I'll tell you in a second. Talk about mercy. Go to that next slide, everything, the everything slide. Everything that needed to be done to fix you is finished in Jesus, by Jesus, and because of Jesus. That's huge. Can we read it twice? Everything that needed to be done to fix you is finished. 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 It's over. It's over. Wow. What a, what a joy. What a moment in history and time. Every single thing. And we do, we do these like self-help classes. Like we get online and we watch these TED Talks and we watch all these things. Like how can I be better? How can I be more pleasing? How can I be more approachable? How can I be more kind? How can I be more compassionate? How can I be? And we, how can I? How can I? How can I? It's done. What are you doing? Jesus has finished the work in you. He gave you the answers to the test. And you passed. You already passed the class. Now you just have to show up. You just have to show up to life. Anybody want to show up to life this morning? Show up to life. It's done. You ever, you ever, so I used to have this dog. Her name was Faith. She was the greatest dog. Anybody ever have a great dog in their life? Maybe it's now. Maybe it's the time has passed. I had a great dog, Faith the Great. I named her Faith. I didn't even know what Faith was. I just liked the name Faith Hill. Um, she, her name was Faith. Now, Faith, she had this problem with her tail, and it might have been mites or fleas. I don't know. But Faith would, obviously, you know, dogs chase their tail. But when she got a hold of it, she would just bite her tail. It was the strangest thing to watch. I kid you not. She would, I mean, for minutes, for a long time. And it was a long tail, so I was confused as to why she was trying so hard to get it. It wasn't like it was tough. Anyway, she finally got it, and she would bite, bite, bite. What makes us different from faith? All of us sitting here chasing our tails, trying to find out what's most broken in us. Navel gazing, trying to identify what's the, what's the, where's, the, where's the fracture? Where's the brokenness? Where's the hurting? And then you finally lay hold of it and you sit and for months you just stew in your own brokenness. Why? It's because in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 
go back to that slide real quick. The God of this world has blinded you. He's blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ. The gospel is the glory of, of the glory of Christ. It means this, very simply. It means that Christ or Jesus, who is all-powerful and the most beautiful and the most amazing, he has satisfied you eternally by the work on the cross, the finished work of the cross. And even that might have been a little bit like, man, that sounded so cool, but I still don't know what you said. That's okay. What I mean to say is there is hope in Jesus by us believing in something. So let me, let me check this out real quick. Let's do this. Let's just skip ahead to the next point. It's all about him. It's all about him, but he made it about you. Remember how far you've come. That's the glory. That's the gospel of the glory of Christ. It's all about him, everything. We breathe because he said so. We live because he said so. We exist because he said so. Everything happens because he said so, because he thinks it's a good idea. But he chose to somehow make it about us. What in the world? He said, I came so that you would have life and life abundantly, life everlasting. So he's like, everything is found in me completely. Your reason for breathing and existing, I make sense of it, but I want to make it about you. I want to tell you how much I love you. You know, like how the earth was formed and stuff? I did that. He's like, you know how like, um, you know, like molecules and atoms and, you know, he's like, I did all the science and the work behind that. Like, I just, I did that. And then, but also you're awesome. But also, I love you. Whoa, pause for a second. That's huge. He took time. In Psalm 139, it goes on to describe the process of how he formed you in your mother's womb, how he created you for life, how he believes in you, how he knows the amount of hairs that are on your head. Come on. Has anybody ever been in church before? You ever heard that verse? It talks about that. Sometimes it just goes right over our heads and we miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss how much God loves you this morning. Don't miss how, how intricately involved he is in your life. Every second, not a moment goes by, not a moment passes that he's not involved. Go right to that, the degree. We're going to wrap it up right here. Tina, if you would come out. The degree to which you believe you are alive is a measure of how free you'll live. The degree to which you believe that you are alive is a measure to how free you'll live. If you believe that you're forgiven eternally, if you completely lay hold of that truth, what will you live like? Could you live without shame in this life? Could you live without fear in this life? What? Could you? Could you, could you make it your life's work to believe that Jesus is all satisfying? What if, that, what if we made that our ambition? Like what if all of us just put a stop and put a hold on everything and just said, I'm gonna give everything to know and to believe that Jesus did it all. Woo! Like, seriously, that's a moment. The degree, 
We're going to get in practicals in one second. This is the next slide. You're going to fall. You're going to keep messing up. That should be the most encouraging thing in the world. You're going to keep messing up. You're going to. I promise. Tomorrow, you're going to mess up. Tomorrow, you're going to say something you shouldn't have said. Tomorrow, someone's going to say something about your shoes you didn't like. Tomorrow, it's going to, it's going to be bad. But joy is your portion because Jesus said so. He said so. He said so. It's, 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 it's who he is and he gives himself to you completely. That's Ephesians 2. He's saying, I give myself to you, not of your own strength, not of your own merit, not because you're smart, not because you're fast, not because you're tall. Nothing that you did made me like you and nothing that you will do will make me like you more. I already like you 100%. 100%. He already loves you 100%. The challenge is believing it. So this is our prayer this morning. I believe, help my unbelief. That's our prayer this morning. If we could, if, if there's one application point, it's to take this phrase into your, your quiet time, into the moment uh, between uh, parts at the, on the factory line, in, into the parks, everywhere you go. Just take a moment and say, Lord, I believe you love me. Help me believe it. I believe you love me. Help me actually, like, apply it. I believe you love me. Help me, like, want it. That's what we're going to do. I believe that when we begin to make this uh, more than ritual, more than tradition, more than practice, more than phraseology and verbiage, when we actually turn it into everyday practice, it will begin to change the way we live. You will be free. You are free. And anything that says otherwise, get it out now. Now, anything that hinders you from believing that, that you are free in Jesus, it's time to cut it. It's time to cut it. Amen? Who wants to be free this morning? You got to cut it. You got to cut it. You got to want it. You got to want it. It's the last slide. It's time to come home. Come home. The streetlights are on. Come home. Who knows what I'm talking about? Come on. Come home. If this is your church, if this is your church, come home. Is this your church? Is this, is it, if you feel like you belong, if when you greeted someone at the door and they told you they liked your shirt and you ironed it this morning, are you home or what? Don't let another day go by. Don't let another day go by in light of how good he's been. Don't miss another moment to believe how loved you are. Get around people who see it. Get around people who see it in you. They say, ooh, he loves them. God loves them. Get around those people who are going to encourage that in you, right? What are you doing? Why are we hanging around people that don't see it? If you need to make that change, make it now. Make it now. This week. This week. I don't know what that means for you. But get around people who see that in you. There's people all around this church. If you just look around the room for a second. You're not the only person here. I'm not the only person here. Look around the room. There's people all over here who want to love you. They do. They want to take you out to dinner. Introduce yourself. Hey, you love me. I love you. God loves both of We we friends. What you mean? I don't care where you live. I don't care what you dress like. That's called family. Amen. So this is what I want us to do. Can everybody stand up with me? You guys stand up.
Something profound between the brain and the body when you stand up and then spiritual stuff happens. I don't know what that's like. But if you would, for a second, I don't know, somebody's impacted by this in some shape, form, or fashion. And I just want to give you guys a chance to respond. I want to give you guys a chance to respond. So I believe there's two groups of people in here. There's groups of people in this room that, that, that have heard a message like this or something similar once or twice or three times in their life. And they need to sign up again. If that's you and you need to sign up again, would you just raise both hands and just say two words, I surrender. Just raise both surrender Jesus to you we believe that your word is true that you're not a liar that you're not uninvolved you're involved and you care Jesus I pray for every hand raised in this room God that you would begin to pour out truth it would crush lies chains would fall off fear would be broken God move in this room there's a second group of people. You don't even know what the heck I'm talking about this whole time. But something resonated. Something happened. Something real happened. And you, you chose to believe in a moment that you wanted to belong somewhere. Home is wherever Jesus is. Home is wherever Jesus is. And I believe Jesus is in this room. Somebody feels like they belong. I want to give you the opportunity to respond. If that's you in this room, would you just raise both hands and say, I surrender? Be free this morning. Jesus, I pray for every hand raised in this room. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would give hope. You would breathe hope in this room. God, that the streetlights are on. We're coming home. We're coming home to you, Jesus. We're tired of playing in the dark. We're tired of playing in our fear. We're tired of playing in the closet. We're tired. We're, we're going we're gonna to see you rightly now. We want to see you rightly and we need your help. God, I pray you would open our eyes. For real. God, open our eyes. Things that need to be thrown away. Things that need to be burned or forgotten. Do it. Help us. Encourage us. Put people in our pathway throughout this week to speak life. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.